Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction. Evil minds that plot destruction. Keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week Broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite Listen to the Anarchist World This Week Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse Listen to analysis of local, national, international events to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Here we are. Now, if during the next hour I disappear, don't worry. It's not nature calling. It's not ASIO. It's not ASIS. The bloody building's been painted and I'm getting the fumes an old man like me having to sniff fumes is not a good thing. But that's, that's another story. Now, if you wonder what anarchy is all about, an anarchist society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power. That's direct democracy. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. Right. Simple concepts. Boring concepts of the best concepts to put in place to have a society where peaceful, productive, sustainable society. Very simple. Now, sometimes you really have to wonder. I mean, what I try to do on this program every week is provide an up-to-date analysis of local, national, international events, mainly national. And sometimes you really have to to win, wonder where people come from. Now, what I love, what I love about the Liberal National Party cabinet, whether it's under Abbott, the man's man, or Turnbull, the suave, sophisticated man's man, it doesn't matter which one, they really have no idea, no idea about what's going on in the world. They have no idea. Here we have this mid-yearly economic statement. You know, a mid-yearly economic statement. And they come up with some of the most atrocious, simplistic, lunatic decisions that you could ever, ever, ever imagine. It's just extraordinary. I mean, these men, and it's mainly men and Julie... These, mainly, these men have no concept of how Australians live and work. They've been fed with a silver spoon. Well, actually a gold spoon. They have no concept 
of what happens when they make decisions. No concept whatsoever of what ordinary Australians have to deal with on a boring day-to-day level. No concept whatsoever. Here we have a great potential for Mr Turnbull, you know, if he's clean, well-pressed, dry-cleaned, ironed suit, he has a great potential to put his mark, you know, as the man of the future, not the man of La Mancha, tilting at windmills, but the man of the future. But what do we see? We see Les Patterson, grubby little stains on his coat. Grubby little stains. And those grubby little stains are basically due to the fact that these people have no idea of what's going on in society. No idea whatsoever. They bring out their ideological rubber stamp and go, bang, 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 and think, well, I'm the Prime Minister. I'm a Cabinet Minister. I'm the Treasurer, you know, and, you know, I know what's best for the people of this country. But obviously, to a large degree, we only have ourselves to blame. We only have ourselves to blame because we've forgotten that if you want a parliament that represents the people of the country, you need a representative sample. But getting back to their mid-year economic statement, I mean, how bloody ridiculous. It's a little bit like, it is just extraordinary how these people keep shooting themselves in the foot. And they keep shooting themselves in the foot because they have no understanding of what ordinary people have to deal with. Now, last week, those of you who remember that far, and most of the media doesn't seem to remember what happened last week, let alone what happened a month ago, but last week we saw all the premiers and the prime minister slap each other on the back and say, health, H-E-A-L-T-H. Healthcare is the predominant main issue which faces us as a people, as a nation, as individuals, as a government at the local, state and federal level. It is about health care, ensuring that all Australians have access to a basic level of health care. They all slapped themselves on the back and said, yep, health, bingo, health. Yep, bingo, health. And I thought, wow, wow, we've opened a new chapter. We have opened a new chapter in the history of this country. We have every government at the state and territory level and the federal government agreeing that health care, provision of health care to Australians is the predominant issue and how to fund that health care is an important central issue to the Australian story in 2015. One week later, what do we see? Men who have no understanding of what it is to have somebody in your family with a chronic illness, men who have no understanding of what it's like when you don't have private health insurance, and even when you do have private health insurance, the costs involved in accessing health care in this country in 2015, who made one of the, have made one of the most extraordinary decisions that I have ever heard or seen or been witness to in the history of this country. 
over the last 40 years, since the demise of the Whitlam Labor government, it has been the ideological, you know, jihad of every government, both Labor and Liberal National, especially Liberal National government, to destroy Medicare, the universal health care system, which was introduced in 1972 by the Whitlam-led Labor government to ensure that all Australians, irrespective of their economic, social situation, had access to good, basic health care, both in the private and public sector. And since then, we have had successive governments slash the little sword, slash the Medicare effigy, hoping that it will bleed to death, hoping it will bleed to death and that Australians will only be able to afford private health care. And what we've seen in the last 24 hours, as I said before, is an extraordinary decision, which means that those who have got chronic illnesses, that those who need recurrent pathology tests, that those people who have major medical disorders are being asked to bear the cost of this government's corporate welfare. This was a defining moment for the Turnbull government. This is was a defining moment, and they have failed dismally. A defining moment. Is it revenue? Is it spending? Is it a mixture of both? Here we were, great defining moment the first economic statement of the Turnbull-led Liberal National Party government, federal government. Defining moment. They had a lot of options, hundreds of options. But what did they choose? They chose the option that will have the most profound effect on those with the chronic illnesses on those with long-term disabilities, on those with major catastrophic medical conditions, to squeeze them, to hound them to an early grave, to ensure that no tests are done, to pick illnesses early and then manage them appropriately. Because pathology, pathology testing is fundamental to 21st century medicine. Pathology testing is what gives us eyes and ears inside the human body. Pathology testing is what allows people involved in the healthcare system to actually make a diagnosis, plan a treatment, deliver that treatment. And now what we are seeing is this pathetic bunch of foolish men who have never had to buy a bottle of milk, let alone have to deal with somebody with a chronic illness, making decisions which profoundly, profoundly disadvantage those with the the most problems in our society.
Because when you remove so-called incentives to private pathology companies to do tests, what that means is that you have a co-payment. And when you have a co-payment, what that means is that healthcare costs escalate because there is no lid on what costs are charged by private pathology companies which are owned by a handful of large corporations. I'll give you an example. When Medibank Private was privatised, the last break on escalating private healthcare costs was removed. That was only 15 months ago. And anybody who's used the private health system since then will know their major bills are pathology bills, blood tests, x-rays. The list goes on and on. Pathology bills are the major tests because the private insurance companies refuse, point blank, because they need to maximise profits for their major shareholders to actually meet those costs, which were met to a significant degree when Medibank Private was a government-owned instrumentality. And you have a blood test in a private hospital, you've got your Medicare rebate and a fee of $110, $120 on top of that. So that's what we're going to see in the general community. If these changes go through Parliament, that is what we will see in the general community. We will see people thinking twice about having pathology tests as they think twice now in many situations about filling prescriptions because they don't have the disposal income. The 33% of people on Social Security benefits are cushioned to a significant degree through legislation. Those 20% in investment classes don't really care unless they have a catastrophic illness because they can meet those financial contributions. But the people who will be squeezed will be the 50% of those Australians, ordinary Australian workers who are not covered by the social security system, who don't earn enough money to have a disposable income. Them and their children are the ones who have been placed on the firing range, the medical firing range, by this single decision. And why am I angry? I'm angry because... It highlights the lack of intelligence, imagination and courage of not just this government, but successive federal governments of different political and ideological bents. Because we as a community find ourselves in this situation in late 2015 because we have eaten the drivel, that it's deregulation, corporatisation, globalisation and privatisation which delivers results to ordinary, working, hard-working people in this community. Nothing could be further than the truth. Now, this government had a historic opportunity to move out of the traditional neoliberal mould 
Under Turnbull, Turnbull has been marketing himself as a 21st century Prime Minister who's got 21st century ideas to tackle 21st century problems. And we've seen on a number of peripheral issues him saying the right words. And we've seen the Liberal National Party stocks rise in the opinion polls. But when it comes to fundamental, essential, central economic decisions, what do we see? The same neoliberal claptrap. Same garbage, day in and day out. This was a historic moment. There were options and they decided in their collective wisdom to march down the neoliberal highway. They decided to squeeze those least able to absorb these changes. They decided to put in the firing range those 50% of Australians who undertake pathological examinations on a yearly basis. They decided to put in the firing range all those Australians with chronic illnesses and chronic disabilities whose survival, not just survival, but their everyday enjoyment is dependent on pathological, no, having pathological information, pathology information, which helps to determine how their chronic issues are treated. That was their big decision. That was their courageous decision. They decided to get out their clubs and beat those who are in a wheelchair bound. That's what they decided to do. They had options. And that's what I'm angry about. The fact that they had options. They have marketed themselves, you know, you know, as the twenty as I said, a twenty first century government. Turnbull, a twenty first century forward looking Prime Minister. You know? What we've got is Les Patterson with his gravy stained suit. That's Turnbull for you. He's not this amazing, amazing, suave sophisticated, intelligent Prime Minister, 21st century Prime Minister, who has 21st century solutions. He is just another neoliberal corporatisation, privatisation, deregulation apologist. That's all he is. That's all his cabinet is. Irrespective. As I said before, Christmas is coming up. You get those wonderful presents. It's all in the wrapping. You tear away the wrapping. You open the present. And what do you got? Shit. And that's what we have seen. This government has shown its true colours. And if it gets a majority in the next, in the next uh, federal election, in the Senate, I can assure you every one of Abbott's neoliberal dreamings, wet dreamings, will become... Turnbull's wet dream. Nothing has changed. They had options. For example, simple. Instead of turning their aggression and their anger on those least able to afford it, like they're trying to do with the introduction of a goods and services tax, an increase in the goods and services tax, I should say, they decided to leave corporate Australia alone. 
Leave the maggots alone. Don't touch them. Don't even breathe on them. Walk the other way. Use the baseball bat to bash those who are already on the ground bleeding. Kick those on the ground bleeding. But when it comes to having a bit of courage and turning round and looking at those sections of society, the one percenters and the investment class in this country, the 20 percenters, and looking them in the eye and say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. We need to ensure that you pay your fair share. We are sick and tired of you determining parliamentary policy. We are sick and tired of you being the kingmakers, using your power and wealth to create a parliament which has no courage, a parliament full of cowards. And that's what we're seeing now, is a parliament full of cowards, apart from a few exceptions. Cowards who are happy to rob the elderly person who can hardly walk of their handbag, but not willing to turn around and stop that person who is robbing that elderly person of their handbag and standing up to them. They're not willing to do that. And that's what we are seeing. Under the tutelage of Murdoch and his minions, that's what we see on a daily basis in this country. We see the Murdoch media... We see, you know, 21st Century Fox. We see the other private corporations and, to a lesser degree, the government girl at ABC continue on this garbage. Now, there are real issues facing the people of this country. They are real. They are palpably real because decisions that are made at a parliamentary level have profound impact on what's happening in the real world. And they are real. And we are at a critical juncture. And that's why I am proud to say, as the National Convener of Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, that we formed this organisation earlier on this year, a few months ago, for one very good reason. Because there is nobody out in the public arena who is willing to put public interest before corporate interests. You don't have to be an Einstein. You don't have to have an IQ, you know, of 160. You don't have to be a member of the Mensa Club to know that what is happening in this country today is wrong. Not only wrong, but immoral, unethical, unlawful. Totally wrong. We have some of the biggest corporations, and I hate to, you know, to continue on this, but it needs to be said. We have some of the biggest corporations on this planet paying voluntary taxation. And instead of the federal government looking at them and saying, we will do what we can. We will do what we can to ensure that you at least pay 10% tax. 10%. You know, a miserable 10% so that we don't have to introduce a co-payment on pathology services. We don't have to introduce uh, situations where you squeeze Social Security beneficiaries or those with chronic illnesses in order to squeeze that last drop of blood, that last shilling out of their pockets as you turn them over and shake them, that you'll look at the bother boys and say, 
It is totally, totally, 100% unacceptable that Murdoch receives an $886 million tax refund in 2013, all legally, of course, because they select the parliamentarians, all legal, of course, while making hundreds of millions of dollars of profit. And it's not acceptable that news corporations pays less than 1% tax. And it's not acceptable that 21st Century Fox, Murdoch's other arm in this country, pays 0.75% tax. Not 7.5%, 0.75% tax legally. And it's not acceptable that these bludgers, these 24-carat gold leaners, you know, continue to carry on in their organisations, in their media propaganda, that the real issue is not them not paying taxes, but the real issue is social security fraud or social security benefits being, you know, too generous. That the real issue is them. It is not acceptable that Chevron, a multi-billion dollar organisation which for years bombarded us with advertisements about how wonderful they are, paid $274 tax. It is not acceptable that Google and Microsoft pay less tax than somebody earning $120,000 a year while turning over hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. It is not acceptable that IKEA pays 3% tax legally. And they do it legally. And you know why they do it legally? Because they use their power and wealth to set the parliamentary agenda. They believe they are the kingmakers. It is totally unacceptable that the tax burden, over 70% of the tax burden, continues to fall on pay-as-you-earn taxpayers. It is unacceptable that the investment class, that 20% of Australians who has disposable income to invest in shares or a second or a third or a fourth or a fifth or a sixth house, legally manipulates the system to ensure they pay minimal taxation. It is totally unacceptable in 2015. So what does Turnbull and these little minions do? As I said before, They turn around, they look at those on the ground and they start kicking them. They see the old pensioner hobbling down the street. They pull off the handbag from her arm. They are no different, no different to criminals who prey on the elderly and the disabled and the sick because they are weak targets. They are essentially cowards who are not willing to look the corporate sector in the eye and say, enough is enough. They are not willing to introduce legislation. I'll give you an example, a few examples. How do you, how do you solve the deficit? All right? Simple. Do you squeeze those least able to afford it? Do you in- introduce a goods and services tax? How do you solve it? And I'll tell you in a minute. It's very simple. But it needs a bit of courage. It needs a little bit of, you know, 
intellect. It needs a little bit of moral fortitude. It needs a little bit of understanding of what an ethical you know, decision is. All things that are a problem for our current government and to a significant degree to Her Majesty's loyal opposition, the alternative Liberal Party masquerading as the Australian Labor Party. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Scott. I'm hosting this program. If you want to give us a call, leave a message, 0439 395 489. I'll get back to you in the next 24 hours. 0439 395 489. You want to write to us? Yes, we don't exclude people who don't, for various reasons, don't want to take on the computer world. You can write to us, and we do answer our letters. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. If you're a click activist, a Twitterer, don't despair. You can always email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Anarchistage at, RU, at yahoo.com. You can go to the website, anarchistmedia.org. Anarchistmedia.org. Don't forget, this program is podcast, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. This program originates at Community Radio 3CR in Melbourne. It is broadcast across Australia through the Community Radio Network. It is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3CR.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano. T-O-S-C-A-N-O. If you want to send a writ, send it. T-O-S-C-A-N-O. Because we tell the truth. We tell the truth on the anarchist world this week. And that's what makes us dangerous. We're not dangerous because we're a mass movement. We're not dangerous because, you know, you know, we, we you know, we believe in, you know, some you know, authority who, you know, tells us what to do from the sky was told us how to live our lives in some book written by ordinary human beings. We're dangerous because we tell the truth. And it is our role to open other people's eye to what is actually happening in this country. Every individual problem which exists has a political and social and cultural component to it. And although we can't solve individual problems, we can create institutions and structures which minimise those individual problems. We can do that. And what we are doing now is compounding individual problems. Have you ever wondered why such a rich, so-called such a rich society has so much, so much mental anguish, so much mental illness? Ever wondered? Hmm? We all genetically tainted, or is it a little bit more than that? Is it in our DNA, or is it in the structures and the institutions which dominate every aspect of our lives? All right, solutions, simple, but it takes a bit of courage. And that's why I'm, I'm encouraging you to join PIPSI, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, because I can assure you when public interest before corporate interest is registered as a federal political party next year, it won't be about waiting for the federal election. It'll be about organising and mobilising actions across this country to ensure public interests are put before corporate interests. If you want to become a member of PIPSI, it's very simple. You can leave me your contact details in 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. We'll send you an application form. You can email us at info at pibsi.net. Info at pibci.net. Go to the website, pibsi.net. 
go to the uh, Facebook page, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest. Many people are involved in this organisation, over 430 our members. We're chugging along at a rapid speed considering it's the festive season, but we want more and more and more members. Not so we can conduct, you know, electoral campaigns, which is obviously part of our strategy, but so we can actually mobilise people in the streets because if you're waiting for somebody to do it for you, there ain't anybody there because our motto is very simple. We are the people we've been waiting for. That's right. We are the people we've been waiting for. You've been waiting at that bus stop and there's no bus. Well, the Pibsey bus stop, the Pibsey bus is about to come past jump on board and become part of a growing social and political movement which will ensure that our political representatives fear us more than they fear the corporate sector. And it's their fear of the corporate sector which prevents them from taking action to ensure they pay their fair share of tax. That's the concern. They are the kingmakers. They're concerned that if they turn on their, you know, the people who their puppets, their puppet masters, there's going to be a huge problem for them. And there won't be because people expect their representatives to act on their behalf, not the behalf of unaccountable corporations whose major responsibilities to their major shareholders. A few examples, simple. One, introduce, you want to solve the problem today, one simple act of legislation will bring in Maybe twenty billion. Simple. Now, when you go and you buy something from a store that has a GST, you don't claim that as a tax deduction in the majority of cases. But if you're a business, especially a corporation, every cent you spend on the GST is claimed back as legally as a tax deduction. If legislation was passed tomorrow that prevented prevented businesses from claiming a tax deduction for the GST that they paid, goods and services tax, there would be $20 billion in the coffers every year, which would wipe out the budget deficit, wipe it out, and you wouldn't need to turn around and steal handbags from elderly disabled people and kick people on the ground to make a buck. There's no need for it. One simple legislation. No reform, no revolution, no blood in the streets. One simple parliamentary legislative agenda. Fine, prices may increase for certain goods and services because the cost is passed on, but at least those people can afford it. Another thing you can do, you can get rid of negative gearing. Simple. You want to be an investor? Fine. But why should you get a tax deduction, you know, for owning two, three, four or five homes when people can't even get a deposit to buy a one-bedroom flat somewhere? Another simple thing. We could wipe out the budget deficit tomorrow and actually, and actually have an extra $20 billion by changing the superannuation laws, which allow a minuscule number of Australians, 
we're talking about less than 50,000, to use this country's generous superannuation laws to hide their assets in superannuation funds and pay no taxation. You could make $40 billion a year. $40 billion a year by changing the legislation regarding superannuation funds. Was there any discussion about that? Hmm? Any discussion about that in the mid-year economic budget? Of course not. It was all about kicking the pensioners, bashing those on the ground. No discussion about that. No simple thing. 1% tax on stock market turnover. And if you worried about mum and dad investors, can everybody be crying? How about the mum and dad investors? We'll have a limit of ten grand. If you spend more than ten thousand dollars on stocks and shares in a twenty-four hour period on the Australian Stock Exchange, you pay a one percent tax on turnover. That'll bring in eighteen billion dollars a year. I've done the figures. Eighteen billion. Irrespective of whether the share market goes up or down, you still pay that one percent turnover tax. I'm considering all the tax benefits that shareholders get, courtesy of successive federal governments, well, wasn't it about time that they kicked in a little bit into the common pool? Hmm? How about a GST on financial transactions? Bingo. Wonderful. I'm sure you can think of. How about getting rid of the diesel fuel rebate? How about getting rid of corporate welfare, all that money that goes to the polluting you know, coal industry? You know, we we all talk about welfare bludges. How about corporate bludges? They're everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's a corporate bludger. Why not charge 90% tax on anybody with a personal income of over $10 million? I mean, means they get one less Learjet, but so what? May just have their own, just have to rely on the helicopter. It's extraordinary. But we never hear this, do we? It's all about health, education, social security benefits. That's what it's about. It's all about costs. Never about revenue. Never about how we can increase revenue in this country. We don't have a spending problem. We have a revenue problem, as I said before. In the good ship Australia, as we're, you know, floating across the Pacific Ocean, the good ship Australia, maybe we're floating across the Indian Ocean, who knows? We've got those on the upper deck sunning themselves, the one percenters, the corporate class, the twenty percenters, the investment class, sunning themselves, telling us how bad it is up there, how they're getting sunburnt. Hmm? while down in the hold are working Australians, the 50% of people who are as pay-as-you-earn taxpayers, and the 30% of Australians, 33% of Australians, who are Social Security benefits beneficiaries. They're rowing, 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 keeping this good ship Australia on an even track. But there's only one problem. They're getting less food and less water in order to ensure that those upstairs have a sunscreen and sun hats. Yeah, that's right. So they don't have to worry about the sunburn. It's simple. I'm not a genius. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I have to be an idiot 
to believe the garbage that's pumped out every day. You have to be an idiot that's pumped out every day on the corporate-owned media and the government guild at ABC. There are no options. There's no options. We have to squeeze spending. It's all those social security bludgers. It's all those people in public housing. It's all those disabled people, you know, on disabled pensions, disability support pensions. It all, it's all those old age pensioners who didn't make enough money to, you know, have wonderful superannuation funds which they can use to have their cruises every four weeks. Yeah. It's all those single parents. It's all their bloody fault. While corporate Australia has got the money to create the image, to tell us what wonderful human beings they are. Well, enough is enough. 2016 is a critical year. Critical in changes that are needed in this country. Now, there are diversions every day. There are diversions every day. And some diversions are more important than others. But the central question which faces you and me as citizens and residents of this country every day is how do we create wealth? How do we distribute wealth? Do we rely just on the public sector and the private sector or do we introduce a third tier of employment, collectives and cooperatives? And I've said for ages on this program and privately and publicly, what we need is seeding funding. Seeding funding. If you set aside 1% of the trillion dollars in superannuation funds to provide seeding funding for cooperatives and collectives, you can create mechanisms of employment which will not make you rich, but which provide local products, local skills, will skill local population and ensure that people are in gainful, paid employment. Simple. But nobody talks about it. Not because it's a conspiracy. There's no bloody conspiracy about it. You don't need a conspiracy. There are facts. The facts are simple. The facts are simple. The top 1% own 40% of Australia, the assets in this country. The bottom 40% own 1%. Fact. Fact. F-A-C-T. Corporate Australia pays voluntary taxation. The bulk of the taxation burden, 67 to 70%, comes not from corporate Australia, but comes from pay-as-you-earn taxpayers. Fact. F-A-C-T. Fact. And I could go on ad nauseum, but facts don't really matter in the 21st century. It's all about perception. It's all about diversion. You know, it's all about, you know, sport, sporting progress and the list goes on and on. As long as it's all about, you know, food pornography. It's all about the visual. That's what it's about. Perception. All about perception. Our beautiful Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, strides in in his beautifully pressed suit, tells us he's a 21st century man, Renaissance man, 21st century Prime Minister for a 21st century Australia, they have the solutions. And what are their solutions? They steal handbags from the elderly and disabled. They kick people on the ground. What a solution. I mean, think of it. Juxtapose Turnbull and Les Patterson. Juxtapose them. Juxtapose them. And you can see them coming together. You can see the gravy stains 
on Turnbull's suit because this is what it is. It's a mirage. It's all about lulling the population into a false sense of security. Get them all, you know, excited about an Islamic State threat. Get them excited about the latest cricket match. Get them excited about the AFL or the soccer or the football, whatever you like to call it. Get them excited about the latest entertainer that's coming from the US of A. Get them really excited. Keep them away from the real issues. Yep, I don't blame anybody except ourselves. As a people, we believe the propaganda. We believe in the trickle-down effect. If the rich get richer, it'll trickle down to us. It's not like that. It's a little bit like having a cake on a table and you've got these people sitting around the table you know, cutting themselves lovely little big fat slices from the cake and occasionally there's a crumb falls on the table and then occasionally when they see the people underneath the table and you've got hundreds of thousands underneath the table kind of longingly looking up and then starting to rock the table and that's when it starts, when they start to rock the table they brush some breadcrumbs, you know, some cake crumbs quickly, quickly, quickly into the crowd and the crowd fights for the crumbs and the table is stabilised. We've reached that point in Australian society at the end of 2015. Quickly, quickly. Well, you need to tip over the bloody table in this cake for all, isn't there? That's the way it is. That's what we need. Radical social change. Obviously, obviously, you will be told that things that I say or people like me say are totally irrational, unsustainable, economically foolish. They're not. What is economically foolish is for us to continue on this deregulation, corporatisation, globalisation, privatisation pathway. It is totally ludicrous to go down the same street for 40 years when the plight of most people gets worse. And the only reason it hasn't toppled over is the availability of credit. You can actually buy money. Like at the old company store, you could buy your goods and pay for them when you got paid. You can buy money from financial institutions who got money which is created out of thin air. Extraordinary. You wouldn't believe it. If you're a Martian and you came onto planet Earth and you looked at what was happening, you'd think, what? You're kidding. I can't believe this. That's a lot of crap. Then you get thrown in a bit of religion. Always good for a bit of a debate, isn't it? Because what we need, what we need, is for us to continually fight amongst each other. You know, you've got the fascists, you've got the anti-fascists, you've got the racists, you've got the anti-racists, you've got the blacks, the blues, the pinks, you know, it goes on and on. You've got transgender issues, you've got sexuality issues, gender issues... And it goes on and on and on. And as long as we're happy to fight amongst each other, as long as we're happy to point and poke and push and say, you're the problem, those on the upper deck wouldn't give a shit. They don't care. As long as those on the lower deck, those rowing the boats, are fighting amongst each other for the crumbs which come their way, are looking at the person rowing the boat, you know, holding the oar next to them and saying, oh, I can't believe this. You're green. I'm blue. What's going on here? You must be inferior. And that's the beauty about Pipsy. 
PIPC, public interest before corporate interests, if you look at their constitution, is open to people of all religious beliefs and those who have no religious beliefs. We don't give a shit what you believe in, as far as your creator is concerned, or whether you don't believe in the creator. You're still part of the great public realm. We welcome people of all races. We don't care. Black, blue, brindle, Martian. It doesn't matter. We're all human beings. Well, maybe the Martians aren't. And nationalities. Who cares if you're German? Or you come from Nepal? Or you're from Brazil? Does it really matter? You know, we've got these 220 nation states and for once they seem to have done something reasonable with the Climate Change uh, Congress in uh, Paris where people have said, oh, yeah, there are 220 nation states but this business about climate change, this business about global warming, it affects all of us. And maybe, maybe if we got together, got together and did something about it, it wouldn't be such an issue in the future. Hallelujah, brothers and sisters. People of different genders. Obviously there's inequalities between men and women. Obviously it's a huge issue and it needs to be tackled. But does that actually stop us from getting together and looking at other issues? Sexual orientation. Does it really matter what somebody's sexual orientation is? So membership to Pipsy is open to people of all religious beliefs and those with no have no religious beliefs. We welcome people of all races, nationalities, genders and sexual orientation. We believe all human beings are born with enable rights and liberties. No government can legislate away or corporations take away. Simple concept. Encourage you to join. You, can, you can't do any worse. It doesn't cost anything. Write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Ring us on 0439 395 489. Look at the Facebook page, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest. Go to the website, pibci, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Download the application form. Fill it. Read the Constitution. Fill it. Send it off. As I said, we've got big plans for Public Interest Before Corporate Interest next year. Big plans. And they will come to fruition. Not because, you know, we're courageous. It's because our time has come. The garbage is piled so high, the stench is is so severe that we need to overcome that issue. We need to get the shovels out and we need to get rid of the garbage or bury it or burn it because at no time in human history have we found ourselves in such a difficult situation where so many potentially face crippling costs and issues over the next few years. Now, if you think I've been exaggerating, well, I'm not. Everything I said is a fact based on statistics. It's there. Look it up. But the important thing is, what will you do about it? Will you tune in next week? Will we pre-recording next week and the week before and they won't actually be economic programs but uh, we'll be looking at the Tanaminaway Morbohina commemoration and also we'll be looking at uh, future activities for 2016 oh you know you can listen in I don't care if you're listening for the next 20 years that's if I'm alive for 20 years which I doubt or you can do something personally 
you yourself can do something. Because the important thing is that ultimate political authority in a democratic society doesn't lie in the hands of the government of the day, the state, the corporate sector, the bureaucracy. It lies in the hands of the people. And if the people are not willing to exercise those rights and liberties which give them the ability to determine their future, well, nothing will change. So I encourage you, I don't care what you do in terms of what organisation you join, what organisations you form, it is important that you get involved in social, political and cultural activity which agitates for social change. Thank you for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Thank you to the Community Radio Network for broadcasting the Anarchist World this week uh, for the last decade. And uh, we're always looking for new community radio stations to uh, actually uh, join us and broadcast the Anarchist World this week. I mean, it is important that uh, it's important that uh, more people become involved because if you want change, change doesn't come from wishing and hoping. Change comes from taking action. And if you're not willing to take action to change things, nothing will ever change. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. As I said before, join Pipsy, join the Anarchist Institute, write to us at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052, Email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Go to the Pibsy website, pibsy.net. Give us a call on 0439 395 489. Don't forget, this program is called Podcast. Send it to your friends as a Christmas present, the podcast. They'll enjoy it no end. Maybe it'll change their lives. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio stations. My name is Joseph Toscano. I've been hosting today's program. If you think I'm a liar, tell me. I'm happy to debate it. But as I said, the anarchist will this week is based on facts, not fiction. We're not the corporate media. We're not the government guild at ABC. We're part of the community radio network. We base our ideas, our principles, our ethics, our morality on facts. They may be unpalatable, but they're real and change is possible because you in 2016 will make it possible. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in next week via the Community Radio Network to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Two more programs for 2015. That plot destruction, sorcerer of death construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10 a.m. every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national, and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.